Hello and welcome to I Don't Know The Podcast, Episode 5, Paranormal Investigators. There is a group of people out there that at the drop of a hat will jump into their car and go to a secluded location to experience what might be a very scary experience. No, I'm not talking about dogging. Um, Non-UK listeners might want to Google dogging. No, um, on second thoughts, don't Google dogging. I'm actually talking about paranormal investigators, popularised in films such as Ghostbusters and um, Ghostbusters 2. Investigating the paranormal has never had more interest. There are teams all over the world putting their nerves and sometimes their lives on the line to gather evidence of spooky ghosts, devilish demons, or unscrupulous real estate investors. But who are these people? Why do they do it? We're going to find out. We're going to start in the USA, land of opportunity, school shootings, and paranormal TV shows. Zach Baggins is the king of paranormal investigators. Based out of Las Vegas, Zach is the lead investigator in the biggest paranormal TV show, Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures has been running since 2008, but this isn't where his TV career started. Zack's TV career started in 1997 on American game show Wheel of Fortune. Zack appeared with his sister Meredith. And what you have to remember about this clip is that it was the 90s, they were a different time, and game show host Pax Sajak was allowed to be a little pervy back then. Now we'll meet a brother and sister, at least that's what they claim, right here, Meredith and Zach Bagans from Las Vegas, eh? Good to see you both. See, they're already on your side. All right. Let's not milk it, Zach. You're both uh, both at UNLV, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. let's start with Meredith, just because I'd rather. <laughs> I'm currently attending UNLV, a full-time student, uh, majoring in communications with an emphasis in advertising. Yeah, what do you hope? Do you do some modeling, right? Yes, I do modeling as well. Yeah. What do you hope to do eventually? Uh... Advertising. Oh, good. Well, yes. that's why you're studying, of course. <laughs> no, I didn't get this job because I'm stupid. <laughs> Although that was one of the qualifications. Zach is your brother, it says here, and we'd like to hear about you, sir. I also attend UNLV, communications major, a minoring in film. Mm -hmm. I'm also a mobile disc jockey here in Las Vegas, perform at weddings, and uh, teach everybody how to do the chicken dance. We have a lot of fun, so it keeps me busy, and it's it's moving in me in my direction. All right, well, good. And and, and poultry is important. (laughs) It's time for our uh, first puzzle, the cat... Despite Zach's undoubted success in poultry choreography, there was something else out there for him. My name is Zach Bagans. I never believed in ghosts until I came face to face with one. So I set out on a quest to capture what I once saw onto video. Is there anybody here? With no big camera crews following us around, I am joined only by my fellow investigator, Nick Roth, and our equipment tech, Aaron Goodwin. 
the three of us will travel to some of the most highly active paranormal locations where we will spend an entire night being locked down from dusk until dawn. If this is the portal of hell, well, why don't you come up out of that ground and get us raw? Did someone just scratch me? Extreme. Oh, oh, my stop! Oh, my stop running! These are our ghost adventures. Well, hasn't he grown up? But sometimes I feel Zach isn't really cut out for all this. Is that you? Making all that noise? This is the room. What room? Is that you making all the noise? Holy shit! Oh my god! Holy f Stop! Stop! So what do you do if you're the world's biggest paranormal investigator, but also a big scared baby? You stay as far away from the spooky shit as you can, but tell everyone else that you have their back. And that back is poor Aaron Goodwin. So will you do us a favor? Yeah. We'll be watching you, okay? We got three cameras here, we're gonna be there watching you. Go in there, okay? We routed them all up. Thanks, bud. No problem. That dory right there leads into the fun. We're only doing this because you, I don't know, you have this great gift of, of attracting them. Don't come back until we tell you. Dude, I'm all alone. I don't care, go. Come on. Aaron, use this camera. When you go through this, switch it off. Here are Night vision. Good luck, man. It seems Aaron isn't quite as faithful as Zach thinks. Dude. Not cool, I'm not gonna do that no more. You guys deal with that. When Zach isn't setting his team up for a possible ghostly gang rape, he's running his own haunted museum in downtown Las Vegas. In the museum, you can see Truman Capote's medication, paintings by John Wayne Gacy, and Bella Lugosi's mirror, none of which sound particularly haunted to me. Um, you can visit the museum for $44. $44? Is just looking for ghosts enough? Some would say that hunting isn't hunting unless you bring something home, and that's what they think at Ghost Asylum. These are the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, and they don't just track down ghosts, they want to trap them. Tonight we're trying to trap the ghosts that haunt Old War Memorial Hospital in Scottsville, Kentucky. Something's moving in this room. This broken down building closed in 1996, but no one bothered to tell its deceased doctor still rumored to be roaming the halls. Hey, Dr. Meredith, you in here with us? Along with countless other lost souls who were trapped there in life and now in death. Shadow. I just saw a shadow. We've been dying for our shot at catching the spirits that have been terrorizing this town. I think we caught some. We're the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. We're kicking down the doors on the most haunted places in America to trap the spirits that lurk inside. Whoa! The inmates are breaking back into the asylum. Somebody down there? Ghosts 
they have an errand too, except theirs is called Chris. Okay, if someone killed you and covered it up, make the meter go to red. Oh, I got a K2 then. Whoa. Are you saying that it wasn't an actual suicide? Somebody killed you? All this intelligent interaction that we're getting really reaffirms my suspicions that a lot of these murders were just covered up as suicides. Okay, we're fixing to go downstairs to the first floor. We've got something down there for you. You want to leave? All right, follow us. Here we go. All right, Chasey, let her go. All right, we're not stopping. We're going all the way down. All you got to do is follow us. Angelo, Gargoyle, come down here. You can go inside this pyramid, and we'll take you out of this building. Come on down. We're here to help you get out of here. Come on out. Holy crap, dude. Am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Yeah, you there? are. You got the 360 going on. Whoa, we oh. got the other one now. Yep. K2 hit, K2 hit. Going off, going off, going off, going off. Going off. Three, two, one, go! So, what these guys seem to be doing is getting a ghost to trap itself in an electrified pyramid while some other guys let off fireworks outside. Did it work? No. In fact, over three seasons, they managed to trap exactly the same amount of ghosts that I have. During my research, I realized that there are a lot of paranormal investigators out there. And a lot of people aren't going to just watch a regular ghost show. So what do you do? You make it a competition. Just like no one's going to watch dancing or ice skating, you have to make it a competition. And then everyone will watch it. So we have Paranormal Challenge, presented by... Oh, damn it. Zach Bagans. And this is before he found glasses. Constructed in 1822, Eastern State Penitentiary was intended to serve as a model of prison reform. A staff of cruel and inhumane prison guards administered some of the harshest punishment imaginable. Prisoners suffered horribly at the hands of their savage captors. These souls still haunt the prison today. Tonight, we pit two paranormal investigative teams against each other to see who can record the best physical evidence of the paranormal. So the teams go around some haunted place and gather evidence. Then they present it to Zack and he decides who the winner is. The teams return the next morning to review their evidence. Get anything? No. And to help both teams, Zack has brought in tech expert Billy Tolley. He'll present the four most compelling pieces captured during the competition. Two audio and two visual. You can see it there. Yeah. It's important 
to win because just for the simple fact that it increases our credibility as TSPR. It would probably feel more of a crush if we didn't live up to their expectations. Judges, that was a great night, wasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You guys ready to tell them how they did? I am. Definitely. Okay, let's bring the teams in. You guys got some good evidence to show us? I think so. Aaron Sagers, let's start off by telling Northampton County Paranormal Team how they did in their use of history. When you were in cell block 14, seemed to be uh, some forgetfulness about where you were and no mention of history there. Aaron, how'd they do in teamwork? There were times when uh, you all came together, you had big plans about what you were going to do, where you are going to investigate, and then it all started falling apart and you didn't follow through. Third category is technology. I really like seeing uh, Chris go into the hole with the uh, solo cam. Uh, Scott, you also spent a fair amount of time in the mad chair uh, with solo cam. But there were times when you all seemed a little overwhelmed by all the technology that you had at your disposal. We are ready to see the evidence. Did you start off with audio? Please show the judges your first clip. Uh, this piece was caught in cell block 12. It says, uh, help me. Help me. Let's listen. Let's listen again. What were you doing to lead up to? No, I couldn't hear that either. In fact, I'm not really sure how they decide the winner. Paranormal investigating isn't just for Americans and Zach Baggins. Baggins? People all over the world do it. Even as far away as Australia. Now, Australia isn't just kangaroos, weak beer and racism. They have ghost hunters too. Sydney Harbour, the gateway to Australia. A sunburned country haunted by ghosts of a violent past. Absolutely amazing. Drawing international paranormal investigator Rob Demarest to its shores. Ghost hunting dream come true. To meet his crack team of ghost hunters. I want to welcome all of you to the Haunting Australia team. When I came here five years ago down under, I was amazed by the amount of paranormal activity that I experienced and witnessed, especially considering this is a pretty new country in terms of Western history. So what I would like to do now is combine the six of us with all different talents to see if we can unlock the paranormal mysteries of Australia. Wait, he's not Australian? Chilling challenge for the haunting Australia team. From the UK, psychic bad boy Ian Lawman. Nope, not Australian. And old school supernatural sleuth Ray Jordan. Touch me, affect me. Not Australian. From India, ghost hunter and metaphysicist Gaurav Tiwari. Not Australian. From Australia, accomplished paranormal researcher Alan Tiller. Finally. We can't look at paranormal investigators without looking at British TV's Most Haunted. At least, that's what I thought until Most Haunted's resident medium suddenly died last week. After Derek Akora succumbed to the curse of I Don't Know the Podcast, I was left in a terrible situation. Do I take advantage of someone's death and gain popularity? Or do I respect a family's grief? 
what would Derek do? So I decided to do the opposite that Derek would do. And besides, I was sick of watching ghost shows. Luckily, help was at hand. If there's something strange in my neighbourhood, who am I going to call? South London Investigates Paranormal. That's right, South London Investigates Paranormal, or SLIP, are a team of crack investigators who, as the name suggests, operate out of South London. I reached out to Mark and Carly and they agreed to meet me, even after listening to my previous episodes. These guys are the real deal. They don't have a TV show, they're not out to make money, they just want to get some answers. It was approximately a one mile journey from my house to theirs, so I only had time for one whiskey drink while travelling there. Upon arrival, I was surprised that Mark and Carly weren't dressed in black or had lots of eyeliner. Well, maybe Mark had a little. They invited me into their home. I noticed there were no pentagrams, no heavy metal music playing, and after a friendly greeting, we got down to another one of my hard-hitting interviews. So I'm here with Mark and Carly from South London Investigates Paranormal. Yep. So um, how long have you guys been doing this? We've been doing it for a good few years now, properly as SLIP. We've only been set up just over a year. Mm -hmm. um, and it's grown a lot, hasn't it, mm. in the first year? Yeah. You know, followers on Twitter, followers on Facebook and Instagram and things, they're all slowly building up. Mm. Um, but yeah, as a team, running public investigations just for the last 12 months or so. Whose idea was it to actually do it? Be like just sitting down one night and someone goes, let's go out and investigate the paranormal. I, th I think what it was, we were, we got the bug, we were going on public paranormal investigations and we were paying, sometimes we were paying over £100 each to go Jeez. and we just looked at each other and went, well, we've got most of the kit, mm -hmm. we've got quite a lot of knowledge between us, why don't we do this for ourselves, why don't we contact the venues, why don't we go and investigate them, just us, and it sort of grew from there and we went from just privately investigating into yeah. inviting a few selected people and then yeah. then just inviting paying guests to come with us. And so, um, I mean, you do the um, public ones as well, but you also do private investigations if people call you in and things like that. Yeah. What, what, what's that sort of entailed over the... Um, <clears throat> generally, it's... I mean, we've, we've had a couple of contacts recently where people have contacted us and they've explained what kind of activity they're getting in their homes. Mm -hmm. And we've sort of put our heads together and, and tried to work out what that what's causing that activity. So, for example, we had one recently where um, a, a young couple down in Surrey contacted us. They were experiencing um, noises of movement in their house during the night. Yeah. So they set up a, a, a little security camera, a little sort of GoPro camera in their kitchen and they were getting all kinds of strange lights and, and noises and so they automatically presumed it must be paranormal but just by looking at these these videos that they've made alone we were able to debunk what they were getting and there was two very satisfied people that their house wasn't on it. Oh, so you didn't even, even have to go around <laughs> it. We didn't have to go around to investigate, we were able to debunk mm -hmm. it. Um, so it ranges from that right up to going into someone's house um, 
running an investigation as 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 a small team. Um, it's normally just the three of us, isn't it? Yeah, and um, and seeing what we can what we can pick up, we we use a range of different techniques and, and equipment, um, and try and try and get some kind of evidence captured, be it audible, be it visual, um, be it through. Carly's quite a believer with traditional methods, mm-hmm. so um, be it through using Ouija boards and pendulums and things like that. Um, Do you get the odd person though who's not quite so happy to have a Ouija board conducted in the house? Yeah. Ouija or Ouija? However you say it, they're pretty creepy, and Mark and Carly tell me more about them. We've had one experience that was very personal mm-hmm. to Carly. Yeah that nobody else on that board apart from me and Carly knew the answers to the questions and when the, when the planchette started moving Carly obviously got upset so her hand came off yeah. mm-hmm. I took my hand off so I couldn't be accused of moving the planchette so everybody attached to that board had no prior knowledge to the questions that we were asking and also to what the answers would be and it was 100% accurate Ooh. The Weed so, Spirit Board as I prefer to call it gave me answers that nobody even knew the answers to yet, which would later become clear, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, so it's so, almost predicting the like future. prior. It's prior predicting knowledge. something that you'd already planned but hadn't told anyone? or. Um, it was giving me the answers to questions that nobody knew the answers to, mm-hmm. but we would later find out that that is exactly what happened to a specific individual um yeah it's, it's hard to describe without yeah. going too personal into it um but yeah that i think that was what flicked my true believer switch mark then tells me that not all ghost hunters are completely honest yeah that was... we've also been on um, not on one of our investigations it was on a public one with one of the big I won't name them, but one of the big national um, uh, commercial ghost hunting groups. Uh-huh. Um, we were in quite a big venue, um, and I knew for a fact, there was me, Carly, and, and two people we don't know, we'd only met them that night, I knew for a fact that one of them was pushing the planchette. Oh. So I put resistance against the, pl- against the planchette <laughs> to prove to myself and Carly, that they were moving that planchette and, and it worked because the planchette wouldn't move. Mm-hmm. And it was because you could clearly see that they were trying to force that movement. So there has been times where we've been on a spirit board and you know for a fact that there's somebody on there pushing it. But like I say, we've, we've experienced um, activity using the boards where you can't, with what's coming through, you just can't question it. it, yeah. it Going back to what you were saying before with um, that investigation where you, uh, you didn't even have to go there, because I, I like your approach from what I read on your website where you actually go in with a clear mind and try and find a, a natural solution to it before, but not like a lot of the ghost shows and things like that where they go in saying, there is a spooky ghost in here. So I think for us... A lot of people will automatically jump on a paranormal bandwagon mm-hmm. and say, I'm hearing bumps in my in my kitchen, it must be a ghost. Mm-hmm. Whereas we like to go, well, let's try and eliminate every natural source for that noise before we start saying it must be a spirit. Let's look at whether 
it's your plumbing. Let's look at whether it's your next door neighbours making the noise or an external noise in your house, that kind of thing. Well, we live in South London, so it's usually someone trying to steal your car. Or it's true, my car's been broken into three times, and what do the cops do? Nothing. But next, I ask their opinion on more prominent investigators. But, um, so, uh, but, I mean, what, what do you think of the ghost shows like Zach Baggins, like Most Haunted used to be? I mean, that... We were always massive fans of Most Haunted, weren't we? But mm. we go back... Right back to the start. Mm -hmm. Right back to the start, very beginning. Um, and we would always tune in for their live shows over Halloween and things, and we were absolutely absorbed in it. But I think live life kind of got in the way for us, so we didn't make the effort to catch up on it so much. And then over the years, it has kind of made me lose interest a little bit. Mm. I think for me, it's... It's exactly, you know, at the start of all these shows, you get that little disclaimer coming up, this show's for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. For me, that's all it is, it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm not going to dispute what, the, what they experience is real or not, but it is entertainment. And they've got to put a show out because that's what they're getting the money for. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're faking anything, but it'd be nice to see the unedited versions where, yeah. you know, or it'd be nice to see them going into places and not getting any evidence or not getting the kind of evidence they Yeah, they kind of have to get evidence, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, nine times out of ten, you go into a location and you will get absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Even a location that, you know, the big commercial teams have gone out to and claim that it's the most haunted place in England or wherever, you will go in there. I'm a big believer in, like, the vibe of the place and how mm -hmm. it feels, and it'll just be flat. And you'll have your K2 metres and your REM pods and all your fancy kits and gadgets, gadgets and stuff, and you will get absolutely nothing. Um, the, the, the one that I did enjoy was in the UK was Ghost Chasers with um, Ian Lawman because... I haven't seen that one. It's, it's really, really good. Mm -hmm. And they've put clips out on YouTube after their shows where they're showing evidence that they couldn't physically fit into their shows. Oh, right. Um, and I liked the way that their team worked. They had sceptics, they had psychic mediums, they had pure paranormal investigators. Um, and they just, they worked very similar to how we worked and, and they were good shows. Mm -hmm. But again, they are TV shows, so they're there for entertainment. Yeah. Um, uh, so so what, what is your favorite place to go and investigate in the UK? For me, Hard. It's a toss up between two. So you've got Charlton House mm -hmm. over Greenwich Way. Um, I've been there four times now, and that was where I had that spirit board moment where it blew my mind. Um, and Kelvin Hatch in Essex. We've been there twice, and both times we've been. What's Kelvin? Kelvin Hatch Secret Nuclear Bunker. Oh, so that place. That right? yeah. yeah. So it's on three levels. Um, and then it goes deep, deep, deep underground. You've got a massive mm -hmm. long tunnel. I've never known darkness like it. That tunnel is something else. Um, but both times we've been there, we've had great activity. Um, the first time I went there, there was a room that I would not go in because I just I opened the door, took one look inside, and felt this feeling in the pit of my stomach. But then when we went back the second time, 
and I didn't feel like that. So that for me was very strange. Um, and we're planning to go back later this year. Summer, aren't we? yeah. Got it yeah, in the summer. summer. I think Kelvin is probably my favourite location. Yeah. Purely because um, both times we've been there and investigated there, um, it's been different. It's not mm-hmm. been the same activity both times. We've not yeah. picked up on the same things both times. Um, and it's such a great place to explore. Every time you go there, you find a, di- a new room that you didn't know existed or you didn't know was there. Yeah, I do want to go there. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is such a great place. And like Carly said, they've got this tunnel that's 100 metres long that runs from the, the cottage right down into the depths of the bunker. Uh-huh. And once those lights go out, you can't see your hand in front of your face, and even, even I was a little bit scared. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get scared? Um, I've had a couple of moments yeah. where I've sort of gone. I'm not, I'm not comfortable anymore. I need to. Mm-hmm. I need to. Um, I need to sort of move my way, myself away from that situation. But I, I've had a scary moment at Charm House. Yeah. Where we were we were doing a spirit board. And the table that the board was on collapsed. I uh, I was sort of <laughs> it, was a, it was similar <laughs> to this table that we're sitting around now. I, I was between the, the table and a fireplace. The, there was an almighty crack. The table collapsed. The spirit board went flying, and I was trapped between the fireplace and the table. Oh, Jesus, everyone's, everyone's bolting out of the room, and I'm there going, eh, "I'm stuck." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the most frightened I've ever been. But then, even now, we're both in two minds as to whether it, whether it was paranormal or whether it was just a bit of a wonky table that mm-hmm. with a few people leaning on it you know it was going to collapse eventually right. it just so happened to collapse in that moment in that, that moment yeah. when we're yeah. all absorbed with a finger on a glass willing it to move yeah yeah crash bang wallet table goes yeah I flew back out of my chair screamed like I've never screamed before my sister was with her she was cowering in the corner with her hands over her eyes and her fingers in her ears she didn't know what to do with herself there's two guys that were with us and I've never seen two blokes run out of a room I was trapped against between the table and the wall like willing someone to go and turn the lights on because <laughs> I was a little bit scared yeah, that was scary Oh, Mark. <clears throat> and on your private investigations, what, what's like this? Is there anything that you haven't been able to explain? And also, what's the stupidest explanation for people thinking that they might be haunted? Um, I think the, the most stupidest thing I've ever heard was... Um, what was that? You, it's the it's the orb debate always, isn't it? Yeah. It's always people setting up static cameras in the house, thinking mm-hmm. that they've got ghosts, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they'll leave the camera sitting there in night vision and go to bed, wake up the next morning, review the evidence, and they're like, "Look, I've captured all these orbs, all these orbs, all these orbs," and it's it's just dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no. dust flying in front of the lens. That's all it is. But they're convinced. Yeah, and you. And no matter how much you try and tell them otherwise, they will not have it. You sort of say to them that if every single one of those was a spirit, then you'd have about three thousand spirits roaming around your house in, in the dark. <laughs> yeah. That's just be bumping into each other. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it is just dust, but. Yeah, they, they won't have it. No. They're, they're adamant. Every single one of those must be. And if it's not dust, it's probably a bug. 
Yeah. And then if it's not a bug, then it's possibly glare or reflection <laughs> off of something. And then if it's not that, then maybe. Yeah. Uh, everything in night vision normal. looks like it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And we've we've seen. I mean, I've seen some pictures of of orbs where you sort of look at it and go, I I, I couldn't tell. But then you just, there was one where I saw where you could clearly see the wings on. I think it might have been a moth or something. Mm-hmm. You could clearly see the wings. There was no trail, and, and yeah, and, and the, the person I was talking to was just adamant, no, that's that's. that's <laughs> I was pointing out the wings and the body and and saying that you know that is definitely a winged animal, but no, they weren't. They weren't having any of it. <laughs> so I think that's probably the stupidest yeah. thing we get. Isn't it nice how they actually do investigate? Now, one of the things that always happens on a ghost show is the batteries run out. But does that really happen? Um, what's the biggest thing you couldn't explain? Um, on a private one rather than a... It's normally the electronic equipment that reacts on demand to yeah, what you're saying. It, does it actually happen when... Um, you see on all the shows, the electronic equipment, even though you've got, like, got it fully powered up and all that, it just yeah. goes? Oh, it really happens. Yeah. Cameras. We were we did an investigation down in um, Thill in Berkshire, and we had a fully charged camera, mm-hmm. and we plug it into the mains, and it wouldn't work. So we put it on a power pack. Power pack's supposed to last twelve hours. Gone in five minutes. No explanation. And it was fully charged. It was a brand spanking new power pack. We've had batteries drained in um, some of our. Um, like K2 meters, our REM pod, mm-hmm. things like that. It's and we're really particular over things like that as well. At the start of every investigation, you know, fresh batteries in everything. Everything is always fully charged because yeah. then you can never be accused of, oh, well, that battery died because you've been using it for the last six months or whatever. You know, at the beginning of every investigation before we go, you know, everything's plugged in, there's batteries everywhere because everything's always got fresh stuff in it. And yeah. then when you go to a place like that and it drains within minutes, no, there is no ex- explanation for that. Mm. I was a bit surprised at some of the equipment they use. Mm-hmm. But then going back to that private investigation that we did in central London, the one that Nick came to, you know, we've got motion sensors and we use they cat toys cat effectively, toys, yeah. aren't they? That's all they are. They're just little see-through balls. Oh yeah, yeah. The button on them, and they light up. And when you put them down, you let the light settle, and they don't light up. But then you have to either flick it or move it slightly for it to shine again. And we were asking, you know, all sorts. Of, if there's a spirit here, can you light up the ball? And it would light up, and it would stay flashing. And then we'd say, okay, can you turn it off, please? And it would stop. On cue. It's really reacting to the questions. Reacting to the questions, and are there more than one of you here? If there's more than one of you here, can you light up the ball? Mm-hmm. It would light up. Can you stop it, please? It will stop. Are there more than five of you here? Like I and it didn't. So then we were effectively having, mm. based on closed questions that we were asking, we were getting answers back based on whether the ball lit up or not. And it's, did we get the same thing with the K2 meter? Mm. Can you take the lights up to yellow or in red? And it does it, it does it on demand. So things like that are very much unexplained. Mm. Yeah. And you feel like you're actually having an intelligent conversation with something that you can't see. Mm. That's fascinating. South London investigates paranormal and not just confined to South London. It is nice when you get ones that are local. Mm. 
mm-hmm. because putting the research into finding these places, you know, they'd normally take you so far away from where you're based. And with us being called South London Investigate the Paranormal, I think a lot of people think that we only investigate yeah. in South mm-hmm. London. But actually, Mark, this is your field really, because you're the one that tends to do most of the research. It's actually really difficult to find places that are local. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That already have reports of activity of some sort or whatever. So, yeah, we kind of have to broaden our horizons a little bit and go that little bit further afield. It makes the name nicer, doesn't it? Slip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and people can join you on investigations that you run. Yes. yes. So, where, where can they find you um, online and things like that? We, we've got a website, mm-hmm. it's uh, com. Um, we're on Facebook and the majority of our, we advertise most of our events, our investigations through Facebook. Okay. Um, and we're on there as um, SL Paranormal um, and on Twitter as well. Um, they can come and find us on Twitter. Um, but yeah, we, we openly invite people to join us on our investigations. Um, in terms of, I mean, we, we do charge people, but we, don't make. <coughs> that's the thing and we we don't make any mm-hmm. we're not like a, a big national sort of commercial organization we make no money out of it so um it goes towards the cost of the venue and you, yeah. you wouldn't believe how expensive some of these no, places are well, we, <laughs> we, we acquired one venue not too far from here and i won't name it but they quote us eleven thousand pounds for one night jesus christ so <laughs> Maybe so say we didn't go there. <laughs> so thank you, but we, we won't be back. I think but, of better things to spend eleven grand on. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so that, that money that, that that comes in from people that, that join us, it pays for the venue and it pays for you know the, the, the endless supply of batteries that we go through mm-hmm. and it is that is that's tea, and coffee, tea, coffee, and crisps yeah. and biscuits. Yeah, so we don't we And don't, kit, we we let the members of the public that join us use our kit. Yeah. So, you know, on the off chance that something does get dropped or broken or whatever, then that goes towards replacing, replacing it. it because mm. kit is expensive. It was very nice of Mark and Carly to give up their evening for me and to lock their cats in another room. I bid Mark and Carly farewell and looked for a shop that sells adult beverages. As I said, you can actually join them on real investigations for a reasonable fee. They're very nice people, and you can find all their details in the show notes for this episode. Episode 5, Paranormal Investigators, the Epilogue. So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that I cannot understand what ghosts are saying. We learnt that it's Bagans and not Baggins. Here, Meredith and Zach Bagans. And we learnt that real-life paranormal investigators are actually nice people and not the collection of goths, rednecks and fake Australians that we see on TV. What I also found from watching hours and hours of paranormal TV shows is that it's pretty much the same shit every time. The evidence they put forward is usually something unintelligible on an EVP, orbs that are most likely dust or insects, and shadows that are probably just that. Shadows. I also found... I do not want to watch another paranormal TV show for a long time.
If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. Join the Facebook group and Instagram, I Don't Know the Podcast. If you want to email anything, that would be I Don't Know Pod at Outlook.com. I Don't Know the Podcast was written and produced and everything else by Keith Miller. And we'll play out with Professor and the Madman. Look them up on the show notes. Things have been